Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. <laughs> It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. This is Inside Sports. Brendan Ulrich in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Patrick Bauer behind the glass helping out tonight as well. Big football game going on right now in the peg. Andrew Harris just scored a touchdown for the Blue Bombers. They now lead Hamilton 14-7. A hockey game about to get underway over at Rogers Place. The semifinal of the Holinka. Gretzky Cup, Canada, and the U.S. The winner will play Sweden in the final. And to the texter that just texted in saying, can you please say spoiler alert when you update the uh, score in the game? I want to listen to your show and PVR the game. I can do that for you. So no problems there. The game hasn't started yet, so no need to say a spoiler alert just yet. But yes, when we give a scoreboard update, likely... Uh, around 7.30 or something like that, I'll, I'll make sure to uh, give you a chance to uh, mute the station for a second and then bring us back on the air. So, what's going on tonight in uh, the city of Empton? It's smoky, I know that. And uh, Patrick is uh, monitoring things <laughs> behind the glass. What do you see out there right now? How's it looking? I've strung a, a string of sausage here out the window, hoping that we get <laughs> a, some of that smoky flavor in the air. No, it doesn't look like it's changed all that much. Yeah, so... Truth be told, so... Stay safe. Stay I safe. Mean, Maybe yeah, wear a respirator or at least a yeah. wet rag over your mouth. Who knows? If you're going to be spending a lot of time outside, either think about it or take precautions. I don't know. Absolutely. And, of course, we, we don't want to, you know, joke about it. It is a serious matter. It absolutely is, yeah. Because, of course, there is forest fires uh, in B.C. right now that uh, the smoke is uh, carrying over into uh, Edmonton here. So uh, it's a scary situation. But it's just bizarre to see all the smoke here in Edmonton. Like, it really, you're like, wow, what's going on when you, you walk outside? It is uh, crazy to see. Uh, so, uh, hopefully it goes away soon. That'd be nice. Um, but anyways, earlier in the show, Patrick uh, brought this up. And I wanted to get back to it because we were doing an Oilers Now show uh, together here a few weeks ago. And uh, what were we talking about? I was I brought up something. Oh, you said it was your your girlfriend's, or did you say it birthday, was your old yeah. lady's birthday? Old lady, you're the one that said, said old lady, right? Yeah, yes. and it sparked a lot of controversy. <laughs> yeah. It offended some people, and to me, I'm like, what? Because to me, that's just a, a, an old saying. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of how I see it too. You know, it's a term of endearment, maybe outdated, but yeah. I mean, I think the response was "grow up." We were told. Yeah, yeah. 
And then later in the show, I said, old man, just uh, to- or, you know, <laughs> toy with the texture that was uh, offended by it. So that, but you know what? That, that got me thinking. It's Friday, and uh, you and Reed are reading. Reed likes to talk. What is Reed like to talk about? What did you call it? Off the, 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 topic? the off-topic topic. Yeah. yeah, we used to get into that every now and then. So why not get into an off-topic topic here on Inside Sports tonight? And uh, we need to be careful with this one because if that offends you, old lady then we might be getting in some trouble. So, But what sort of saying out there offends you that maybe shouldn't? Because it seems like we live in a different society today where you can't get away with some of the things you could say back in the day, and I agree with a lot of them. Right, right. But there are some things like when you say old lady, like that to me is not offensive at all. No, and I, maybe I, wrong. I'm not sure why somebody would find it offensive, but if they'd like to offer up an explanation as to why, now on the text line is the time to do it, Right. Yeah, so text us yeah. 63630 if you have any others that you're just, you know, maybe you said it one time and someone got mad. Of course, when you're on a radio show, everyone's listening and they can text in easily and say, hey, I didn't like what you said, so that's fine. So I'm just wondering what I can say on the air and what I can't. And it is uh, after 7 o'clock, so uh, we can get away with a few more things at, in this time slot than we, uh, you know, can uh, at other times uh, throughout the day. And uh, this might be my last time ever hosting a show now <laughs> because we'll, we'll see how this goes. Going out with a bang. Yeah, why not? <laughs> of course, I'm filling in for Reed tonight, and uh, Reed will be uh, full steam ahead once uh, the season starts hosting likely every show because he's a, a trooper and works harder than anyone I know in, in this business. So uh, he'll be back uh, in full speed. But for tonight, he uh, has a, a well-earned night off. But speaking of Reed, I did uh, chat with him. And uh, we bring that interview to the airways right now. Here is uh, Reed Wilkins. I did take this, so I was going to play like it's live, but I screwed it up already. So I'm just going to say, here's uh, Reed Wilkins. It's, I all, caught... <laughs> it's all smoke and mirrors, buddy, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the smoke is getting to me uh, here in studio. So here is an interview that I did with uh, Reed Wilkins prior to uh, the opening of this show. Well, I'm doing great, Brendan. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate you filling in for me tonight. I've had a really productive uh, day off. I uh, went for lunch, uh, played some God of War, so pretty intense. One thing I did not do, and I mentioned I may do this, but I did not do it today, and now I may wind up not doing it. And I hate to disappoint the uh, 14 listeners of Inside Sports, so I mentioned this to the other evening. I did not go see the Meg because the reviews are not good. Uh, Kevin Martin, who you know, not the curler, but the Kevin Martin who owns the lobby, the video store on White Ave, uh, posted some uh, negative commentary about the review uh, about the film on his social media account. So the giant shark movie, apparently not that good. I don't know how you screw that up. It's got a giant shark. You got people in the ocean. You got that little dog in the ocean. It should write itself. Apparently too much to ask. So the Meg did not happen today, may not happen at all. Yeah, what's with all these shark movies, uh, Reed? You know, Sharknado was uh, a crazy idea. It, of course, I don't think the ratings were any good, but people watched it. And uh, this is a little bit different, obviously. But uh, the idea is around a shark. It shouldn't be that hard to uh, make a, a movie. The shark eats someone, and that's about it. Well, yeah, but you build, you got to build up the drama of how the shark does that, right? Yeah. And, and I don't know, maybe the shark didn't have enough of a personality. But... Uh... I didn't see all the Sharknado movies. I saw bits and pieces. Uh, incredible concept. 
I don't know if it's uh, scientifically realistic that uh, that could happen with sharks in a tornado, but uh, great concept. But yeah, a prehistoric giant shark, uh, you know, terrorizing people that that should be good, should make for a lot of good visuals and a lot of good suspense. But I guess the good people who who performed in and and wrote the Meg couldn't quite pull it off. I don't know, maybe I'll still go see it. Maybe just lower my expectations and, and, and go see it. Before we get to the Eskimos, you mentioned God of War. Is that what is creating all this smoke outside right now, Reed? I don't know if you've been outside at all today, but uh, it, it's smoky right now. I can't imagine what it's like in BC. Well, yeah, and that's what, what you think. The one thing I, I mean to, to bring it bring it down to a serious notch here. When when you get the smoke like this, I mean, yeah, we complain about it. But you got to remember the the people that it's uh, affecting and communities threatened by these fires. I mean, obviously, uh, you know we had the huge situation with Fort McMurray a couple of years ago. I know when I was in Penticton for the uh, Young Stars tournament, I think I remember if it was last year, or the year before, just tons of fires in the area. It was very smoky there. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's a very from an Edmonton perspective, it's been a very unusual week with how hot it is and then you, you throw on the the haze of that it's been some very uncharacteristic conditions for edmonton but you just hope that uh you know they get some rain in these areas that need it and then the fires go away as quickly as possible well we mentioned bc the eskimos were there last night reed they came out guns a-blazing uh they go up 20 to 7 at the half some some good in the first half um some some bad as well but it looked like they were still in control of the football game then in the second half uh BC made a lot of adjustments and what everything they were doing seemed to work everything the Esk- everything the Eskimos were doing didn't work so what changed in your mind uh that led to the Lions you know roaring back here in the second half and winning the football game well, you know, first of all, we, we've been lamenting the Eskimos being slow starters in a quarter into that game. I mean, it looked like they were going to blow them out. And I think I was certainly thinking back to that meeting back in week three where Edmonton did start slow and then still won the game by, what was it, 19 points, I think? Was it 41-22? I mean, they, they just dominated from late in the second half onward, and you kind of got the sense out of that game and I know Jennings was the quarterback and not Lule, but you got the sense out of that game where it's like, okay, Edmonton is obviously a better team than BC. If they crank it up and dictate, uh, they can, they can really control the game. And it looked like that was going to happen. I mean, I know BC had that touchdown called back uh, that could have given them the lead. And then Lule threw that really bad pass on the next play that was intercepted. But that's not luck. Like, that's BC making mistakes, right? That You know, I know, well, the Eskimos were lucky that happened. There's no luck involved. BC screwed up. So, you know, I mean, sometimes that, sometimes the not making a mistake, or you know, is, is what gives you the advantage. And, and I thought, if not for Rainey, you know, BC would have, well, I mean, he got a touchdown in the first half. He had a couple other field-shifting returns. He was the only guy of the Lions that I thought was really doing anything of note in in the first half and and I felt really good about going into the second half but look the lions beat the eskimos in every way possible in the second half they outcoached the eskimos they outadjusted the eskimos the stars on the lions outplayed the eskimo stars and quite frankly some of the average players on the bc lineup outplayed the eskimo stars in the second half they just completely took over the game they the, the key 
that changed, I think, was was the pressure on Riley. And now I think you got to wonder a little bit about the Eskimos' offensive line. Uh, and I know I, you know, I know I stuck up for them earlier this week when a texter wrote in and said, "Man, I don't like that the Riley's getting hit a lot." I said, "Well, they'd only given up four sacks before the Saskatchewan game, and then they gave up four sacks against a really good Saskatchewan defense." So I'm not writing off the old line because Saskatchewan got to Riley. But then after last night's game, you start to think like, oh, my God, what is going on with the protection? And the protection isn't just the O-line. I mean, the Gable missed the block on the on the sack fumble. And um, Jason Moss said after the game to Morley Dave that as a coach, he didn't adjust the protection well enough. So, you know, I think there was a failure by the O-line. I think there was a failure by uh, the other guys who got a chip in and pass block. And, and as you know, Moss admitted himself, a failure by the coach to recognize some other things they, they could have done in protection. Now, the Eskimos came up extremely short. I, I also still, I'm always of the mind, you know, hey, we're in Edmonton, so when we talk about an Eskimos or an Oilers game, we tend just to talk about that team. I also think you have to give the BC Lions credit. Uh, and one thing from the second half of that game, and in, in, in any game, there are 50-50 plays. Well, the team that wins more of those plays usually wins the game, and the large majority of the 50-50 plays in the second half were won by the BC Lions. Duke Williams didn't come down with the type of ball he usually comes down with. Riley wasn't as sharp delivering it. Uh, you know, Gable wasn't churning out yards. Uh, you know, the 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 deflect the, the deflected interception was was grabbed by the Lions. You know, they they answered that right after uh, Lule fumbled fumbled and set the Eskimos up in good field position. So the Lions made more plays. I think you give them credit. I know it's alarming the amount of pressure, though, the Lions got on Riley. And certainly an offense that has been as potent as it has for the Eskimos got, what was it, two yards in the third quarter? I mean, that's a little scary. Offenses are always going to ebb and flow. The, the production's not always going to be there. They're not going to be explosive 100% of the time. But when it drops off to that level, that's what concerns me. And one of the things I've said a lot, Brendan, is – Good teams or great teams can still get something done even when they're playing poorly. You know, you can't lose a half 21-3 like the Eskimos did yesterday. I mean, yes, they got dominated in the in the third quarter, but good teams can play poorly or be dominated and still find a way to scratch out a field goal or a couple field goals or, or, or you know, limit the damage to maybe losing a quarter 7-3 as opposed to, you know, 14 or 17 nothing or what it was. So I, I know a game like that is going to raise question marks. I, I think you give the Lions, uh, you know, credit for, for making the plays that they did. But for the Eskimos, you, you got you to gotta question, you know, some of the protection issues now. And I'm not going to get too much into the penalties because we've talked about it to death, and I think we're all at a loss for what they're going to do. But, but you know, don't like come on, don't go offside as an offensive lineman. Know the snap count. Don't you know know when the ball is going to be snapped to turn that one third and ten into third and fifteen. Things like that still got to be ironed out. Well, on the whole, there that uh, you know that called back the uh, Duke Williams first down that the Eskimos had to settle for a field goal. So little things like that all add up. Um, but to me, 
it was more about BC last night. Like, I, I know Eskimo fans are upset today, Reed, and uh, you talked about the protection issues. That's a, a concern. Um, they can they can fix that, I think. Sorensen, of course, missed a game. He was back. So hopefully they get the protection right. Riley, a lot of the times this season has been scrambling, and he makes uh, do with what he has. So if they can, you know, correct that a little bit, I think they'll be fine there. Uh, but fans are all up in arms. The play calling sucks. They, they you know, they make uh, too many big try to go for too many big plays they 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 don't settle for the easy first downs uh but to me it was just bc last night like that happens in sports sometimes uh bc made the adjustments and the eskimos had no answers for it in the second half and bc just rolled so to me that's what last night was about i'm not going to go crazy into everything and say oh there, there are big concerns with this Eskimos football team because I still think they are a really good football team. And when it comes down to it, I think everyone just sort of compares teams to Calgary. Like, the Eskimos need to be Calgary or else. But that's not how football works, and that's not how sports works. So, to me, there are some issues that they, they need to work on, Reed. but this is still a really good football team. I think it's a good football team. Yeah, I think they're above average. Uh, I don't. I don't think they're great. I think there's one great team in the league right now, and that's obviously Calgary. The the play calling is always an interesting discussion because you know Riley will throw to somebody, and if it doesn't work, people will say, "Well, stupid play." But you don't always know if that was the first option. Sometimes the other team takes it away. Sometimes Riley thinks the first option isn't there, or any quarterback. I know there was some, you know, questioning last night. Okay, if you're second and six or four, do you need to throw a long bomb? No, you don't. But I also think because of the pressure BC was bringing, it meant a lot of one-on-one matchups in the secondary. And the one thing we have learned this year is that Riley trusts his receivers to win the one-on-one matchups. So I think, you know, he thought, you know, whatever, second and four, second and 14. If I got Duke on a guy one-on-one, I'm going to trust Duke. If I got Walker on a guy one-on-one, I'm going to trust Walker, whether it's a five-yard pattern or a 25-yard pattern. There, there was a, I'm not a big fan of the live mics, but there was one where Riley was coming off the field frustrated where he just misfired on a long one, and he said, you know, uh, I, I had him, but I, he said something like, I just couldn't step into it or finish my throw or something like that. So that that was pressure limiting a play that he thought he could physically execute. You know, I don't think, and I, I don't think Jason Moss has solely the mentality that we only throw it deep. Would have it been great to have some more intermediate passes? Sure. But the BC defense was rolling so much in that second half. They tried some short passes too, to get the ball out of Riley hand, Riley's hands quicker against the pressure. And the Lions were just so quick to the ball. They were making those tackles. They dominated the second half. Sure, good teams got to adjust better, which the Eskimos didn't do, uh, but BC just completely took over the game. Chatting with Reed Wilkins, the regular host of Inside Sports, Brendan Ulrich, go with you. So, what, uh, I guess, looking ahead here now, Reed, um, things are like. It's not doom and gloom for this Eskimo team. Like I, I know they are, they're prepping, looking ahead to Labor Day and all that, and when they'll they'll play Calgary, uh, but they're still in second place. And uh, there's a big football game tonight with uh, Winnipeg and uh, Hamilton. But but like things are still on track for the Eskimos to you know get where they they want to be when it's all said and done. We're still uh, not even midway through the season yet. So like let's just you know. Dial it back, uh, but there will be some changes moving forward. If you were to change one or two things here heading into next week, what would those uh, little changes be? Oh, 
That's a good question. Uh, well, I would hope they get a little healthier. I still think, uh, you know, I'd like to see Colhoun back in the secondary. I wonder if Hazelton might get a shot. Um, you might have to flip the ratio a little bit, uh, but could you bring him in and sit the Teaje, for example, on offense, who I think is a good Canadian receiver. Uh, I think Bahar is better. Um, so if you could get a Canadian back at another position, maybe you could put Hazelton in to start. I would look maybe towards that. And then again, just from an execution percent, for, uh, an execution perspective, what are they going to do when the other team attacks? Because I think now after the last two weeks, teams are going to say maybe there's some vulnerabilities here in the Eskimos defending the pass rush, so they're going to have to solve that. Well, the other guy that's sitting there really doing nothing, Reed, is Brian Mitchell, and I still think he is a star. And I think he, if if you use the guy, he's going to make plays. So, uh, to me, you're talking about flipping the ratio. Maybe that's a guy you would consider as well. Uh, maybe. Um, again, I still think he's more actual than potential. He's made some good catches. He had a couple of good big games. It's hard for him to crack this roster. Though. Yeah. I mean, Williams is better. Walker is better. Um, I still think Stafford's better. You probably think Mitchell's better than Stafford, but Stafford has at least the experience on his side. I I don't know. I think given the role they'd be looking for, Hazelton might be more likely. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it would be Mitchell. I, I, they, we've seen more of Hazelton. He has more experience in the league. Yeah, he's more of an all-around type guy that can help, uh, you know, do the little things to move the offense. So we'll see what happens. But uh at some point, I would like to see Mitchell get in. We'll wait and see what happens there. I just look back to last season. He had a chance, and he was good in every chance that he got. So we'll wait and see on that front. Uh, just quickly, Reed, uh, before we let you go, the Oilers. I know you didn't have a show last night because of the Eskimo game, and Glenn Galtson was on a Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, and he made some interesting comments. He wouldn't, uh, you know dig too deep into those comments, but he said there will be changes in the way the Oilers play, and uh, it stems into the rate of speed, and uh, it's likely five-on-five five that they're looking at here, so they want to play faster. That's the, the, the main thing I took away from those comments. We'll run some of uh, those comments uh, later on in the show. Um, but it is uh, encouraging to hear all these uh, you know, new voices in the room, and Todd McClellan's apparently brought some new ideas to the table as well. They have a lot of uh, experience on that coaching staff, and I can't wait to see it all on the ice and see how this team plays with uh, all these coaches sort of having some input here and uh, seeing if it all sticks and works when, uh, when the season starts. Well, as much as we talk about, you know, Reader and Brodziak and, and, you know, maybe Yamamoto or whoever cracking the roster, Bouchard, biggest change the Oilers made in the offseason is bringing in three new assistant coaches. And, and I, I think Todd McClellan is open to the ideas. Uh, I think there might have been some, some breakdowns last year with the coaching staff, probably most specifically with Jimmy Johnson and, and some of the guys on defense. Every team wants to play faster. Um the thing for the Oilers is it's it's like break the puck out of your own end. You know, like four D to D passes or, or bounce passes off the back of backboards from D to D. I realize sometimes when you're changing lines, you have to do it, but push the puck up the ice. And I mean, with no red line, you know, you can fire a two line pass and have a forward just deflect it into the other team's end and, and go chase it. I, I hope that's the biggest change is that, um, you know, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I realize the Oilers don't have elite puck-moving defensemen, but they have some guys who can make some decent passes and, and whip it up to the forwards. So I, I hope that is is one of the changes that Gulletson is talking about. 
Yeah, he talked about uh, forechecking, breaking the puck out, and uh, they're in the neutral zone. So that's the basics of hockey. So we don't really know exactly what the what well, what he's talking you know about. What, but and you know what? When these guys were hired, I asked Todd McClellan about coaching against Gullitson, and he said his teams were the Gullitson teams are always very organized in the mm-hmm. neutral zone. So maybe there's something he's he's going to impact. We'll wait and see. All right, Reed. Well, uh, that's it. I'll let you uh, get back to uh, God of War. Enjoy uh, your night off, and I uh, will talk to you soon. Yeah, I'm also I'm almost done the first level on easy. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> That's Reed Wilkins, regular host of this program, stopping by on his night off to join us on his own show. So what a great guy he is. Taking some time away from those video games he's playing. By the way, Madden came out today, I think. Uh, that's a game I like to play. I also like to play NHL. Those are really the only two games I play. So if I have time, I'll maybe uh, play some Madden this weekend, but that's about it. 729. In Edmonton, we need to uh, jet off to the news with Thomas Dias. When we come back, we will hear some comments from Oilers assistant coach Glenn Galtz and some great text messages coming in as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. About things people find offensive that aren't really offensive. So we'll get into some of those text messages after the 730 News. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chad. Brennan Ulrich with you on this Friday night edition of Inside Sports. Patrick Bauer here as well. We're having some fun tonight. We'll get some text messages here in a second. We also have comments from uh, Glenn Gullitson, Oilers assistant coach, talking about how the Oilers are going to look different on the ice this season. And, you know, they didn't make any big wholesale changes this offseason, so he's talking about their system and they want to play faster, which is music to the ears of all Oilers fans listening right now. So that's the strategy. You have uh, a lot of experience with the, the new coaches, joining Todd McBellin, all kinds of new ideas. And uh, we'll hear more of what uh, Glenn was talking about uh, in a few minutes. Uh, an update. I'll say spoiler alert right now because we had a listener earlier that uh, requested us to do this. So I'll give him two more seconds before I update you on the score. So here we go. 2-2 right now, Canada and the U.S. And this is midway through the first period. So a good game right now over at Rogers Place. 
as uh, the winner of this game moves on to play Sweden in the final of the uh, first ever Helenka Gretzky Cup here in the city of Edmonton. So we'll update you on uh, that game one more time before uh, we sign off for the night. Also, uh, Winnipeg right now hosting Hamilton in CFL action tonight. Winnipeg up 17-7 to with 6.33 remaining here in the second quarter. All right. Back to our off-topic topic of the night. And uh, with some background to get on this since we're reintroducing the topic, uh, we can just read this text here from Kent because uh, he said, this is hilarious, guys. People are becoming so sensitive and politically correct. And yes, it was said on air, but... Was that was the two of you rather sharing personal life information and shooting the breeze, not saying it about some caller or coworker? That reference has been used forever. Don't stress about people who feel the need to make every person in the world view things as they do. And that was because uh, two weeks ago on Oilers Now, I'll let you say it, Patrick, because I don't want to get in any trouble. I'm not saying it again. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're okay. We're past 7:30 here. Okay. Old lady. Yes. And it wasn't even old lady, it was old lady, right? Like O-L apostrophe Well, lady, how old right? is your uh, girlfriend? She's eight years younger than me. She's oh. in her mid-20s. Wow. So see, there you go. She's so. not offended by it at no. all. I think she finds it endearing. <laughs> so we're asking listeners to text in other offensive sayings that aren't offensive without us getting in too much trouble. So uh, we'll get to a few <laughs> of those. Actually, you know what's funny? The Chuck, our station that just launched yeah. here uh, at Chorus, it, of course, uh, you know, has a, a, I, I don't think it makes fun of Ukrainians. No. Our heritage here in the city. I like the name. I don't find it offensive. I know there are a few, few people that do. To me, I love the name. I love the station. I love the music so far that they play over there. But to me, that's a perfect example of this. Like, yep. Like, why would people be offended by that? I worked for a radio station once where they were giving away tanks of gas for listening to the station. Like, hey, you call in at this time, win a free tank of gas. They called it tanks for listening. <laughs> okay. And people got offended over that. So you never know. Here's a free tank of gas. Well, thank you, but I'm still offended by what you've done to me here. Yeah. So I don't know. That's our society. That's the, the, you know, that's the world we live in these days. People get offended by things. I get it. Yep. For some things that we don't want to talk about, but... Like, let's lighten up a little bit, have some fun with things. We don't need to get up in arms about everything. Not everything. Some things are worth it, but, uh, you know, pick the hill you want to die on, right? This one's funny here. Did you see the one from the Big D? First of (laughs) all, the Big D, I find your tagline offensive. (laughs) Here's what the Big D had to say. The Oilers' power play is uh, offensive to me. Laugh out loud. You know what? That's fair game because the Oilers' power play was not good at all last season. And we'll hear from Glenn Galtzen on the Oilers' power play because he did have some comments uh, on that here in a few seconds. Uh, Dean says, when men call women broads, I can't stand that. You know what? That one doesn't... I don't find it... Well, I'm not on the other end of this, but to me, I think that one's overdone. I don't like saying that word anymore. I've stopped using it as well, and it is offensive. Um, Yeah. I looked it up, actually, because I had used it once on air. I used to work at a country station, and mm-hmm. in the song Redneck Woman by Gretchen Wilson, she refers to herself as this, right? Yeah. So I thought it was fair game. No. It offended a lot of people, and I looked into it, and the reason why they call how that moniker got assigned to females was because they have wider hips than men, broader hips than men oh. for childbearing. So it is a derogatory term, and I haven't used it since. Much respect to the ladies, right? Yeah. No, that's... I'm glad you uh, clarified that, and uh, I will not be saying that either ever again. What about Dame? 
I don't use that one. I think it's classy, though. That's yeah. what, like, Dame Judy Dench. She's been knighted okay. by the queen, but seldom do you get the chance to use it, so. Well, there's a texture that says, my girlfriend calls herself abroad, and other women broad as well. There, yeah, that if, if a woman wants to refer to herself in that capacity, sure, but you won't catch me doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's fair. Let's leave uh, that to females to, if they yep. want to say it, I'm okay with it, but whatever. <laughs> so I, I feel like, I feel... Like, really uh, paranoid talking about this stuff I think now. we're breaking I some ground, know. though, you know? We're being respectful, <laughs> yeah. you know? We're, Opening uh, up the conversation. When we say something, we're dialing it back a little oh, bit. Yep, big yep. time, so. This ain't the pool room with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> and it is Friday night. Like, that's okay. I think it's okay. If you're ever going to do something like this, right now is the time. Friday night? Yeah. Anyways, we will be talking some more sports here. <laughs> Talk about off-topic topic. topic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you want to text in a few others, we'll try to get them in uh, if we can. But I wanted to get to these comments from uh, Glenn Galtzen here. He is uh, the Oilers' assistant coach. He was on with Bob Stoffer, and uh, we'll get to the juice of the conversation. When uh, Glenn started talking about some changes for the Oilers when it comes to systems play. And here's what he had to say. You know, there's a couple things. We had a summit in in July uh, with Trent Yanni, myself, and Manny, uh, with Todd. And it was a very open, uh, honest, and you guys know Todd. He's he's, he's very uh, open with what, what, uh, you know, our thoughts. And... um, you know, there's a few things that we we want to change, and uh, there are going to be some some concrete changes. Um, probably the biggest is maybe um, uh, something that, that that Todd brought to the table, but a couple other things with with Trent and I um, that we think that uh, would help us just from both Anaheim and a, and a Calgary perspective. So th- there are going to be some visible changes a little bit in, in, in style of play. Obviously, Trent's uh, taken over the penalty kill, and um, I think there will be some changes there. Um, but in the five-on-five play is probably where, um, you know, we're going to go with, with things that uh, uh, are, are going to speed up the rate in which we play. And um, without going too far deep, too deep into it, there are there is uh, probably one of the bigger changes that I've seen in the National Hockey League. Um, we're, we're gonna uh, we're gonna change a little bit here, so um, we think it's really gonna speed up our pace of play. All right. So are we talking changing up the forecheck? Are we talking having perhaps you know two or three different forechecks that might even get deployed in the same period? Or you don't want to reveal too much here to us right now? Yeah. You know what? We are we are gonna. Um, yeah, I, I would hate to do it to, to uh, our group, but we are going to change some things in, in those manners. Um, just maybe our transition, and our forecheck, and a little bit of uh, uh, of the way we defend. So um, without being in too deep into it, we are going to go after those areas. And, um, it's not anything that's different than the maybe two or three teams have employed uh, throughout our league, uh, but we think it's going to suit our guys real well. All right, Glenn, one of the things that we're talking to Glenn Goldson, Oilers assistant coach, Bob Stopper, Mark Spector with you, live out at Westlock Ford. What a selection of F-150s they have at this location. But, uh, you, you know, there's different options with vehicles and there's different options with players. And the additions of Tobias Reeder and Kyle Brodziak, to me, mean that perhaps you can limit the amount of PK minutes that Connor McDavid has and conversely even look at doubling him up. So could you theoretically have an all-left-shot power play 
if you uh, ram McDavid off the left side half boards and then keep McDavid on a second unit with an all right shot power play where you got Connor on the right side half boards. Is that out of the realm of possibilities? Well, I think the one thing with power plays, um, uh, you know, this year and, and, and Manny's going to and do most of the work in that area. But I think the one thing, just with your lefties that you have, if you look at Detroit, uh, and if you go three years ago, uh, I think it was Mike's last year in, in Detroit, they had a very dynamic power play. I think they ran at 21%. They were all lefties, so you can go through them. They had they had Zetterberg, they had Datsuk, they had Cronwall, they had Tatar, they had Nyquist, all those guys being left shots, right? And uh, they were very dynamic in the, in the way that they played. So you can do that. Um, um, it, it's something that we did a little bit um, in Calgary. Um, you, you watch now, there's a lot of movement on the flanks. So we went over all that stuff um, in July. But I think it's going to be important for, uh, especially, you know, the three new coaches here, just to get our feet wet with the skill set of all the players. But what you're saying is exactly true. You can run those power plays, and they have been run with great success in the league with all lefties all righties. That's Glenn Gallatin chatting with Bob Stoffer and uh, Mark Spector yesterday uh, on Oilers Now. And interesting comments there at uh, the tail end of that uh, conversation on the power play where Glenn was talking about uh, if the Oilers would use five lefties on, you know, their top unit. And to me, that's thinking outside of the box. So... I would try it, uh, you know, in training camp and practice, see how it looks, but I I don't know. To me, you still need a righty on your power play. And I look at the top five power plays in uh, the league last season. I believe all five of them, with the exception being Tampa Bay, had at least two righties on their top unit, and a few of them even had three. So to me, five lefties, I, I just don't see it happening. Um, the other question is, who's the righty then? Well, maybe it's Bouchard, maybe it's Poliarvi, um, maybe it's Ratty, maybe it's Yamamoto. I don't know. But to me, you need at least one righty on that top unit, and I would, you know, give Poliarvi a chance to see if he can run with it early in camp. That would be my solution. Or if Bouchard knocks the doors down, he could be an option too. But realistically, Bouchard at some point will go back to junior, I would imagine. You never know. I don't want to count him out. I think he'll definitely start the season on the roster, maybe play uh, nine games. But to me, Poliarvi, when you look at halfway through the season, if he uh, you know gets some confidence early and can roll with it, that could be your trigger man on the top power play. So I would give him every opportunity early in the season to see if he can be that guy and roll with it. So, interesting comments, though. I know Bob's brought that up a few times now, the uh, five lefties on one unit. And I know Tampa Bay had four lefties, but they have Stamkos, one timing pucks as well as the one righty. And one of their lefties is Kucherov, who can also hammer the puck. So when they work it back to Stamkos, it goes right back to Kucherov for one-timers. Uh, in the other circle, and that works well. So, to me, I don't know if the Oilers have that mix with uh, their roster that they can deploy. So, it is interesting, though, and I'm open to trying something like that 
And uh, I'm sure the Oilers are open to everything right now with their power play because it wasn't good enough last season when you consider all the skill they have on their roster with Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisettle, uh Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, just to name a few players that should be really good on the power play that weren't for whatever reason last season. 7.49 in Edmonton. We'll take our final timeout uh, of the evening, and when we come back, we'll update you on uh, a few things going on in the world of sports. There was a, a golf tournament uh, that had to be uh, delayed, suspended, round two of the PGA Championship today. We, uh, we'll update you on that as uh, we look ahead to the weekend, and uh, we'll get back to uh, some more text messages as well. But first, a quick timeout on Inside Sports. You're listening to 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. 7.54 on this Friday edition of Inside Sports. Brendan Ulrich with you. Patrick Bauer here as well. We don't have a lot of time and there are two things I wanted to get to, so I'll get to them very quickly. A quick text here from Tom BU. Since the roster is the same as last year and the coaches are preaching that they want the team to play faster, does that mean that Todd wanted the team to play slow? Does this Oilers team have the skill and our ability to play fast? Just a couple summer thoughts from Tom. Well, at the start of last season, the Oilers weren't very fast. They had UC Jokinen playing. Uh, you know, Mark Letestu, I love him as a player, but he slowed down a bit. Uh, they had Maroon and Lucic both in the top six. So they tried to make adjustments on the fly. And near the end of the year, I think the Oilers were playing a lot faster. So, you have Raddy, Nugent Hopkins, and McDavid as your top line. I think that line is fine skating-wise. If your second line is dry, subtle, and perhaps reader, that's pretty quick. But I would maximize that by playing Polyerby on the right side and maybe playing reader on your left side and moving Lucic to the third line. And not everyone will agree with that, but to me, that gives the others a really quick top six. And that's something I would roll with. So, we'll see. And Yamamoto could play into the mix as well if he has a strong camp. Um, so I think the roster overall from where we were last year at the start of the year to this year is faster. And if the D is healthy and Bouchard can, you know, make the team, he makes quick decisions with the puck, that will help things. By the way, quickly on the golf that I was talking about, uh, Second round play at the PGA Championship had to be uh, suspended today. So Tiger Woods was out there, and he was on fire early. He was three under through seven holes. He's three under for the tournament, seven behind leader Gary Woodland right now. So it sort of sucks because Tiger was rolling early. He was on pace to maybe shoot five or six under, which would have put him in contention heading into the weekend. So... He'll actually now have to play, I think, 28 holes tomorrow. We'll see if uh, that affects things for Tiger, but uh, it should be a fun weekend at the PGA Championship. A lot of great golfers in the mix. Brooks Kepka and uh, Charles Swartzel shot 63 today to tie a PGA Championship record. Woodland leading the tournament with a few golfers still needing to finish round two early tomorrow morning. Patrick, thanks for uh, your input and help tonight. Hopefully we didn't offend anybody. We'll see. We'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, it's the weekend, but uh, Reed Wilkins, I believe, is off Monday as well. I think Dave Campbell is hosting the show on Monday. I'll actually be hosting Oilers Now next week. So just when I thought I was uh, getting out of uh, the on-air business over to radio and TV sales, I'll be back uh, hosting all of next week. But it'll be fun. 
So, and I believe you're doing a few shows too, Patrick. Yeah, I'll be so. with you starting Wednesday through the rest of the week. Can't wait for that. Have a great weekend, everyone, and uh, we'll talk to you again on Monday. So if you want to join me for a while. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.